Do you have a story to tell? Here at Rider on the Road, it's the journey that matters. Regardless of where you are on your riding journey, Rider on the Road will inspire you to take your dreams and make them happen. So sit back and enjoy the show as Melinda brings you guests who know what it's like to go it alone and who are willing to reach out to the rest of us by sharing their stories. Authors, publishers, entrepreneurs, people at all stages of the riding journey, just like you and me. It's time, dear listeners, to answer the question for yourselves. Do you have a story to tell? Welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. Today we're going to Montreal in Quebec and I've got the beautiful Nadine Travers with me who writes paranormal and time travel stories. Uh, Welcome Nadine. Hi, thanks. Welcome and happy to be there. Happy to be there. Uh, Nadine has a beautiful accent uh, and I believe she's bilingual. I believe you speak French and English, Nadine. Yes, true. My native language is French and my second language is English. Yeah. Now, my daughter and I, we love everything about France. My sister's over in France at the moment. I've got her to buy me some French mills and boonses so I can come home and read them in French. And now I've got my very own French speaker here. But the reason I'm bringing that up so very early in the podcast is because we're going to speak finances, but... Mm-hmm. Me being me, I actually want to talk about the French translation first. Far more romantic than talking about um, behaving <laughs> myself financially. Tell us about your French translations. I'm going to release in 2017 my uh, time travel series in French. So I'm going to test the French market too. That will be pretty exciting to be there. The first book is already translated. So I need to do some correction about it. But I'm going to translate with, I use a dragon to do my translation too. So it's fun process to do that. And uh, I'm, second book is going to be all fully translated before Christmas. So after that's going to be only revision and I'm going to put it online for uh, the French market and the people from all around the world that speaking only French, which is going to be good. Okay. Now, to even begin to unpack what Nadine has just said would take a while. Uh, Foreign translations for a start. Now, you have quite a few stories up there for sale. We've got Supernatural Intelligence Agency. We've got Scotland Lovers. Nadine's books have the most beautiful covers, which is, I guess, what attracted me to them in the first place. Nadine, how do you go about that tra- or organising a translation um, process from where to go? I noticed you've got a blog post about it. Yeah, the, I, I was in a search in uh, during summertime for my break, for my vacation time. If I was able to find, except for Amazon or Kobo, who have uh, can have the French book about it, but more like a system like draft to digital but for the French market. And I found one, which is the uh, Immortal, what they call it. So they do the same process to draft the digital, for, but for French book with other small market for the French one too. Okay. So you translated it into French yourself? Yes. Okay. I do. I use Dragon for that because it's easier. Now, I know you keep saying you use Dragon, and I know you've said mm-hmm. that a few times now already in five minutes. I've got no idea what you're talking about. It's what we call is uh, self-dictating. So you dictate 
what you need and your computer is going to type it for you. Oh, okay. I understand. So it's just a dictation. Yeah. That's one that we talk about. Okay. Now I know the dictation that I get here in Australia. It's not the professional model. We can't get it here in Australia yet. Uh, and so anything that I, I tried talking into it when Joanna Penn talked about it, I thought I'm going to do that as well. That's a great idea. So I was in the bubble bath and I started dictating into this thing and the gobbledygook that came out the other side just cracked us up. So we thought, we'll never do that again. So you've obviously got a professional package. Uh, yes, and I'm using the French one. So that's why I'm reading my book. I'm reading my book and translating in French uh, each time that I read it. So that gives me more. It's faster that way than just to type it. Okay. Now, we're here today to talk to Nadine about finances. We're in the middle of our five-day mini-series. We've exercised ourselves to death. We've uh, we've been talking about um, mentoring and coaching and all sorts of things. Today, we're going to get our finances straight. Nadine, can you tell us a little bit about your background um, in finances and how that brought you to the writing world? Uh, I've been an accounting for the last 25 years, still at accounting right now as my day job. I did a different kind of genre company uh, to the services to the uh, real estates, commercial real estates, uh, which I'm working right now since 15 years now. And um, I write since I'm little. I was seven years old when I me and my friend, we have to move apart because I was moving another town. And we love Star Wars. So we decided to create stories, romance stories with Star Wars character with ourselves. So that's how I started. I get back, I was 16 years old after that. I have a story with historical that I write at that time about it. Yeah. And um, as we're talking... Uh, if you had to talk us through why organising our finances is so important as a writer, what what kinds of things would you advise us? I a few things. Um, you need to I, the way I see it, the way I understand, because I talk a few writers uh, with time, is that we don't be account for the time what we're doing. So the planning for the next year and the book release, stuff like that, it's part of the process of the manager to do it. How many times is going to do to write that book? It's going to be three months, four months. So you're able to plan it, you know, in advance. And so, okay, next year I'm going to plan for two books, three books. That's part of the manager. But also you have all the side with somebody called, expense, I prefer to call it investment because you invested in your book by uh, doing uh, hiring freelancer, mean a book cover, editor, for formatting or marketing, some a lot of things like this for your book. So those investment, it's more like to help to produce your book. So you produce a product, which is your book. And you have different kind of product because you can have a e-book, you can have a paper trade book, you can have the hardcover, or you can have the audio book, which is three or four kind of different product. But the way you write it is going to be right for the four of them. You're not going to write only once, but your cost is going to be reduced and your time is going to be reduced. But you also... The big, the biggest point is to put it to be um, 
what we call break-even, meaning if you pay somebody to do your edit, your cover design, it's going to have some investment for your book. So to be at the break-evens, that, that, that means that your all your investment be covered by your sales, and now you're starting to do money about it, you know? So some people only see the money entering, but they forgot all the investment that he did at the beginning about it. But you need to be at a break even to say, now I'm starting to make money with my books so I can invest on the second one or the third one or the fourth one. Yeah. And and I think I think a lot of us forget. Uh, we see our little monthly royalty checks come in and I was just talking this morning saying my royalty check from the miner's wife this month was something like $98. And I went, wow, I'm not going to um, survive um, without a day job on $98 a month. Um, so I guess what you're suggesting is that we have a reality check, check right at the beginning. Yes, uh, you need to, for, for my part, if I do my, my experience, I decide to do formatting myself, so I don't pay anybody to do that. So I think you need to sit down and to see who's I'm going to hire for freelancer, what I can do by myself, or some people that I saw that they are trading some services between them. That yeah. could happen too. But for that, you need to know how many hours you're going to put that on to be equal with the other person of it. So that's why you need to know how much time you want to take to that services to be uh, resourceful. And that time you're not going to produce another book in the same time, but you're going to invest in the, the book that you have right now. So that depends on what you prepare to hire, doing yourself, or do some trading. I think that's the key. You need to know first uh, what you want. I decide to do my formatting for I'm going to release on uh, my ACIA uh, first book in Pepperdrain next month. I'm working on that, but I'm doing myself. Some people is going to hire people because they don't know about it. I have another friend. She's doing a cover designer because she's using 3D uh, graphics, which is pretty gorgeous about it. So that depends how you be comfortable and what you're able to pay for it, what you're able to do for yourself. Yeah, and I know everyone I listen to and everything that I read, it says if we're going to be business people as indie authors, then we mm -hmm. have to keep good records. Now, even with my podcast, I'm all over the place. Forget my writing. I'm looking at my desk and I'm going, wow, I don't even know where anything is. How would I possibly know what's going in and going out? What um, tools do you suggest, Nadine? Uh, I will suggest uh, some people's going to put a shoes box going to put all the thing that you need. First of all, you need all to keep your record, uh, invoicing, invoices by the net, uh, if you're using uh, PayPal, PayPal is of the month, all the transaction, um, even though your bank account, which one of the first important when you do a business like this, you need a separate bank account versus your personal one for government purposes to show them that you want, even though you're not corporated or you're not uh, a company legally, you're a sole partnership in some way. Um, so you need a separate bank account to separate your personal finance versus your career finance. That's the first step to be doing in the business type. Business type. So that way you're going to track all the transactions, put the invoices all together, and now some government, I know that some people, I know in Canada is going to be three, 
it could go back for five years back. So I suggest to scan it and to put it somewhere like a drug box, something like that, to keep it, keep your record. When you have it all done and finished, you scan it and you keep it pretty precious about it. I failed at number one, everybody. I I didn't even get off point number one, Nadine. I've <laughs> I've got my tropical writing services business, and I've got my mm-hmm. ABN, and I know you call it something different over there, but it's my tax yeah. tax um, number. Um, but my bank account is where all my money goes, which is not a lot of it. You've made me sad. It is. It's the first rule because you need to separate what is business and what is personal, because if uh, your government could go and check your book and they're going to see usually they give you a year when you started to manage everything and to put everything together after the second year they say that okay your second year grade in your business you should be more serious so you should be having a bank account it could be a check account it's not something pretty exhausted to do about it I have a check account separate for my thing for my business uh, as a writer and I have my personal account with my uh, with my husband and my families, so um, that way that keep track, and so I can l- list to the government. Look, I have this this transaction passed through. I have the invoices about it. It's easier to track because it's, the way I see it for them, especially not if you buying a course for writing. I think they pretty sure they're going to know because it's your writing business. But if you buy some pap- uh, papers. Inc. Uh, if you want to buy a laptop for your company and you put the personal, they're going to say this is a personal purchase because how I may know that is for business related. So if you put in your business related account, now they're going to know, okay, this is for her business. That's why she passed it through to a bank account for her business. Okay, so that's number one is across. What's number two? See if I can get it this time. <laughs> sorry number two is keep um, your thing the more closer that you get for your invoicing Uh, I know that Amazon providing some uh, Excel spreadsheets where you can have your sales and your exchange because you're in Australia I'm in Canada and the, the money is different so we have some exchange versus the U.S. and everything like this. So that became, uh, you have to do it both ways because I do some freelancer for uh, editors in U.S. So I pay much more for that because I have my U.S. exchange regarding this, depending on the money, how the thing it is. That would be the same thing when I have sales on Amazon U.S. I'm going to have the price in U.S. and they're going to convert it in my money to transfer it in my bank account. So that too could be tricky because both of them you need to account for because it's money more that you have. It is money more that you expense or you invest in your company. So the thing is, take out the spreadsheets of Amazon. If you have you have one in Kobo too, Kobo send you an email each month for uh, your royalties. Uh, Drive to Digital also, uh, I don't know for Smashware because I don't use it. Um, but those kind of companies are going to give you spreadsheet for your month for the royalties. And the rest, keep all track of all your invoices, your uh, investment editor, uh, book cover. If you buy some paper because you need to print your book to uh, 
put to do your review or your your correction uh, manually, this become part of your business too. So that need tricky. That's all the costs that were called investment. But you have other costs too, which is fixed accounts, fixed costs, which means it's not related to your book, but it's related to your brand, meaning web design, web hosting, if you have a virtual assistant, if you have a, a PA, some bigger one. I don't have it, but some do. If you're using um, other services that's not related to produce a book or like your case in the podcast, you have some cost that are investment for your podcast. It's are for your podcast, but web design or web thing, uh, web hosting is more like your brand. It's more like your name. So that's something that usually is fixed or I think you can buy a package for one year, two years, three years. Some people are going to pay each month. <clears throat> But that depends on the thing it is, how you set it up your stuff. I have a VA for my part, which I pay him to uh, each two months. So it's really a cost. That's why we call, call it fix, because we know every two months I'm going to have an invoice from him regarding this. That's how the thing is work. But it's for my promotion. It's for my brand. It's for my it is related to my book, but it's not really marketing for my book. Facebook ad for a book is for the book production cost. So that's two different things. We need to separate those two. Usually, fixes costs, you're paying your mortgage, you have your apartment, you're renting part of it, you're able to took it in your business because you're doing your business inside of your house too. So some stuff they are fixed, but you already pay it those things, you know, because everybody's going to have to live somewhere. You're paying your internet, you have uh, your uh, telephone, your cell phone, whatever you're using it. You have those already. So that's mean you can deduct it, but not all of it because you have to take a personal part of it. But portions going to be professional wise. Yes, you can do that. That's a fix because it came back each month at a regular pace. Okay, well, I'm, my accountant has suggested some of that stuff and that's two crosses, everybody. Uh, I, I really am going to get this stuff sorted out, I promise, and that's why I've got Nadine on here to help me. Uh, number three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three, I think that if you want to push a little bit further, the break-even point is the fun part. Because you know that you're going to cover all your investment that you did for the book. Now you're starting to make your real money, accounting-wise. You already make money because you have royalties, but you did investment about it. It's like you're putting money in the bank until you have the interest to cover what you already put in the bank. You're not really making money about it. So that's the same process. So by doing that, when it's time to make money about it, you can take that money and invest in a second book. You can take that money and pay your fixed asset for the year. You, you, you can take money and help you buying material that you will need for your example, your podcast and stuff like that, a new a microphone or your new computers or stuff like this. So that's all depends on what you want to do with your, what we call the break even. So the thing is, is to go the fastest that we can add to that break even point. I think that's one of the key about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I know, look, we all try very hard, don't we, everybody, to to 
I guess, cover our expenses. And in this day and age, with all the things that you talked about earlier, we've got our e-books, we've got our uh, hardcover, or sorry, our softcover print books, and we've got our audio books, and now we're talking foreign translations. Uh, I guess if we don't write them down, things could get very confusing very quickly. That is true, because you've got to have some investment for the audiobook. An example, you've got to have the narrator, probably, if you don't do it yourself, to pay. But that is for only for the audiobook. But all the other costs, probably some modification for your cover, but your basic of the cover is already done. It's already just an extra you're going to pay. It's not so much money about it. So you know for that audiobook, your break-even point is going to be closer to get that an e-book if it's the first book you release because you're going to have the edit, you're going to have the the, uh, the cover to be done, you're going to have the, the formatting to be done, which you don't have to do in, in the um, ACX or um, audiobook about it. So some product break-even is going to be the fastest, better, faster than an EPUB in some way because your investment is going to be less than the previous one you're going to do because usually people the way i see it they're going to release the ebook first after that it's going to be uh print on demand with create space or light source and after that they're going to jump in the audiobook in some other case they're going to jump in translator at some point yeah but the basic is all there your story already written you know, your edit is already passed through, except if you want to translate another language, you're going to need another edit about it because just to see if any mistakes or whatsoever. But beside that, you don't going to have any development uh, content editor for that, which has cost a lot of money about it, usually. <clears throat> so that means that will be covered for your first version. So those investments are going to be split out in four or three or five different products. So your break-even point for each product is going to be shorter to, to, to gain at some point. So that's become the beauty of that. Uh, Nadine, I have to stop you right there. You've given me a bit of a headache. Do I, not, do I have to create a break-even point for every product? No. <laughs> Can't I just no. show it in, all in the shoebox and add it all up at the end? No, I think if you have, uh, if you say one book and you have four different kind of product for that book, I think at the total for that book, you're going to have to break even because you have different readership. You're going to have different market. You're going to have different thing. But I think the more that you do some product for the same book, the closer you're going to get to break even. Ah, uh, good, because we just I'm just about to box. I've got some middle-grade fiction novels and I've got three of them and I'm just throwing them into a box set um, with Draft2Digital, um, mainly because we can nowadays. Uh, boxing them up actually adds another product to the list, doesn't it? Yes, it is. That's another product and it's a fun product because you only have the cover and the formatting to do because the book is already written. Yeah, and that's um, that's the part I like as well, is my cover designer, he's done all that work. I've just got to uh, put it up there on draft to digital which is one of my things that I'm going to, going to do. And, and this finance stuff is on my list to going to, going to do as well. Uh, software <laughs> is... <laughs> See, I, hey, everybody, I'm happy to admit that I'm the kind of writer that accountants 
just cringe when they see come through the door. But my accountant has put me on notice as I go full time and stop teaching altogether that Mm -hmm. I need to get this stuff organised. At the moment, last year, he just asked me to pull half a dozen things off my um, bank statement and that covered covered our profits. I think we had to make about $4,000 or something. Uh, So I'm hoping this year it'll be a little bit more with our online course and a few different things that we're doing. Uh, How do you keep track with the software? Uh, what do you mean for the software? Oh, which software are you using for that? That's what I'm asking you. What, sh- what software should I use? Uh, you can use sample like uh, Excel or if you don't want to invest in Excel, you can ha- have OpenOffice, which is free on the web, and you have a spreadsheet inside of it, and that could do the trick yeah, for I, now. I love how you say Excel and simple in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my daughters onto that. That's another job for them. Um, that's. Uh, I was interested when you said you had a PA. Uh, he he does um, a lot of your what run of the mill stuff for you. Yeah, uh, my VA what is doing some is doing some of my social because I'm working full time and I'm a mother, a wife, and what's come with it and my time is pretty short so i'm trying to produce more materials to be more comfortable and maybe in five years going to be full-time that you like you are and about it which i am not right now so i didn't have the time to put everything in social media or putting some content in social media like twitter my facebook twitter is pretty rock uh, this time uh, he's doing pretty good job about it so he's doing that for me I paying for that I'm going to add new services he can he can do your newsletters he can track uh, of some kind of stuff that you want that depend how you want to set up your thing with your virtual assistant yeah and everybody I've got to tell you that I promised that I was going to send my newsletter out regularly. I paid for AWeber uh, probably 12 months ago. About a month ago, I sent out two newsletters two weeks in a row. And that's what happened to that as well, gonna, gonna, gonna. There are so many things that we've got to do and do well. Hiring. Yep. I know. And especially when you're starting, you have to learn the craft. You have to learn this. You have to learn genre. You have to learn web designer you have to so it's a lot of thing to cover yeah but i think i think getting this business side of it right at the beginning and this is what i hear um from the professionals all the time and we listen to joanna penn and all those kinds of people is get it right at the beginning because otherwise it's going to cause headaches down the track yeah we have we have sometimes um uh, creative people forget that when you do a business like we're doing right now we are the CEO of our business. Even though we don't want to, we say we're a writer, but we are entrepreneur too. That means we are CEO of our business that we own right now. My material, your materials belong to you. You're the CEO of your podcast. You know, some people are going to be shocked of the term because they say, okay, CEO is big business, being billionaire, whatever it is. No. CEO is somebody who owns something that they make money with it. That's why it is. So we have to put the ad. I love the fact that I'm doing that in accounting because I have different company I have to work with. So I'm changing my hat. So I have my hat for writing. I have my hat for editing. I have my hat for formatting. And I have my hat for the CEO. 
Yeah. So oh. that case, yeah. that case, when I have to do it, I put my hat. Okay, now I'm the CEO and I'm going to do my stuff for business related. Yeah. And I'm sitting a lot higher in my chair now, everybody, because I've got a title. I usually just have a T-shirt, Nadine, so now you've given me a title as well. Um, <laughs> it's, all, it's all getting better and better. Now, I've, I've written down the three things, the, the bank account, the um, exchange and spreadsheets keeping our money and our fixed costs and break even point. Is that it? It is basic. Mm-hmm. With that, you can be able to track your thing. Uh, those is information you can gather. It's the same thing that like we do for research when you do books. Um, this is something you could tweak and have more information in order to do marketing, in order to do uh, expand your business, in order to make some other kind of money. I know that Joanna Penn put like bucket, you know, you doing bucket for writing, you doing bucket for podcasting, uh, online course, another bucket of money that came to because it's not the same people. They are different kind of people. Maybe all all of them is going to have it in in the same three bucket, but some of them are going to be in the first one. Some of them is going to be a second. Some of them is going to be in the third. So that way it's easier to track where your money came from and with that we're going to see okay which is what we call my my thing that I can relate to and put say okay I'm, I'm going to be a full-time writer because my online course provide me that kind of money each month since from last year so I know if I continue like this minimum I'm going to probably have the same kind of money for the next year after that yeah. So with that, we can sit and say, okay, now I can quit my job. It's okay, I have this. This I need to work with because it's a little bit weaker, but something you can tweak it. So it's the way to see the information about it. Yeah, and of course I do everything back to front. I've, I've quit my job and then I'm going to earn some money. So I have this vision, Nadine, that you've drawn for me of me standing out the front of my house with my three buckets of, at my feet asking people who will pass to throw money into it because it might get to that stage quicker than we think. Yeah, I think that the principle of bucket is fun because don't, for, don't forget, when you have a day job, you only have one bucket. It's your day job, you know? Mm-hmm. So when you lose your day job, you don't have any more bucket. In our case, if we have a lot of bucket, which I love the, the, what Joanna Penn told me in one of the things that she did, and if one of the buckets is removed for whatsoever reason, you already have the, those two is going to provide you for you. Yeah. And I, I think, think it's diversified the thing. That's the way it is. Yeah, and I think that's something that comes becomes very clear very quickly in the world that we live in at the moment is there is no such thing as security and that having all your eggs in one basket is actually riskier than being an independent publisher and doing all these different things, isn't it? Yes, I agree with that. And even my husband is starting to think differently to what is his job and doing other things on the side. So I think that because, that will come the norm at yeah. some point in the future. Yeah. One of the things I'm going to ask you immediately, you translate your books or you are translating your books into French. Are you going to offer that service for, for like people like me? <laughs> I'm not a big corrector, but 
could be. It could be something that in the future could be, yes. I tried to get my middle grade novels translated into French because my daughter and I want an excuse to go and go through all the bookshops in France. And I, she's doing the International Baccalaureate here in Brisbane. And we went to her French teacher and we asked this woman, would she translate our middle grade books into French for us? But I don't think they were academic enough for her, uh, and she wanted to charge me something like um, two or three thousand dollars. And I went, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I thought, "Oh, that's not going to happen anytime soon." So the minute you're ready to do business, Nadine, I will put <laughs> you in one of my columns of money—not fixed, not fixed costs, but another cost—and um, I think you should translate my middle grade novels for me. <laughs> I will think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you are creating an online course. Um, Yes, I, yeah. Yeah, how many modules would would you do for what you've just walked us through? So far, I I'm in the stage. I'm in the starting stage about it. I'm I'm trying to do two different kind of uh, product, which is going to be pretty the basic one, because some people only need the basic, and that's okay with it. And I want to do a little bit um, bringing people to think, uh, to know more about their numbers and to to play with it. So that will be a little bit more in uh, intermediate or high level of knowledge but that will be probably more module in that way so I'm, I'm going to try to do two different things to it the most people because I know people when I talk about it it's like I think it's worse than doing marketing when you're going to start to talk no we do creative this is not in, in the same spot you know yes you want to be an entrepreneur you need to know that <laughs> that's one point it is I know it's scary so I'm trying I will try to do two different bundle for I don't think people need all the thing that they need but at least to have the basics and and try to learn with it yeah and uh, one of the things that that hits me immediately if I sat down and did what you said and I planned out my 2017 and my year of living creatively if I knew what I expected to produce and where the different monies were coming from or had the potential to come from Mm-hmm. I could I could focus my attention on the thing that needed it most. And I know when you've got your books at, say, Amazon and iTunes and Kobo, um, focusing on one or the other at any one time can increase your income from that one spot. Uh, so I guess that that's another advantage of it as well. Yes, because you with the report and uh, you know that where you're making more money – where are you going to more sales? Uh, so if you say, okay, I'm going to release the second book, that series, I have, I'm going to, hypothetically, uh, iTunes is going to have two books, but I have 50 books on Amazon. Maybe I'm going to try a KDP like for that second book and put it only on Amazon for 90 days and just see if I could not boost my readership about it too. So this is information that you need, like as an entrepreneur, to see where is you came from your money because I can tell you at the beginning my book are more selling in Amazon but my time travel for whatsoever reason it is they're starting to sell almost the same that Amazon on Barnum Noble okay yeah that's getting tweaky and now Kobo start to hit too 
So that's kind of information. It's fun to see. It's not only number crunching numbers, stuff like that. It's to see the thing is, okay, that series seems to be more stronger on Amazon versus in Barnes & Noble. Okay, I'm going to focus on that series on Amazon only and try to use KDP Select for that because I'm going to earn more money because I got to have the free promotion and thing like that. Or you're going to say, oh, this line is, is getting more and more and more and trench in Kobo than the all the rest of it. Now is the playing about it. It's starting to be the fun about it because you're starting to have information that could position you at the better market, at the better place, and have the better readership. The same place that we know that the second market is the German and probably the third market is the French one. But India is coming too. Uh, because this, yeah. so that's way how you know they will sell. They will probably. I buy. I sold a few books in India and even in Spain. I was pretty surprised. But it's a fun part too. You know, Amazon is something that could be very fun. But you know, in Kobo, I sell more books for New Zealand versus Amazon. My books are selling more on Kobo for Australia than Amazon are right now for the same book so that kind of information is fun to tweak because can say okay that could be good to do giveaway you do promotion marketing that's that kind of information you need to push forward your book and getting more sales at some point okay so look this makes so much sense to me nadine even as you're talking and we're getting away from the basics into how we can use i guess these numbers that that you've pointed out it does mm -hmm. get very exciting i don't have a head for it in any way shape or form i'm absolutely 1000 percent useless um, but i do know on my podcast there's a circle there and it tells me the percentages of my listeners in various countries and that i guess that reach is growing every day and more little colors come onto my circle and i get very excited so i can see how that would be of benefit to me as well uh, with my books. Um, I don't think Ingram Sparks has anything like that and that's who I'm with but I'm just starting to experiment with draft to digital and I know they've got an excellent dashboard there that would tell me what was selling where. Yeah, they are good and for some reason they probably do promotion. I don't know what it is but I didn't do any promotion in Barrio Noble and my book is starting to peak so I don't know what is happening. Mm. Yeah. So is there any last minute advice for people like me? <laughs> <laughs> I will say start to um, learn about your CEO at and start to uh, embrace it because if you want to be living about it you need to be a CEO then you need to be an entrepreneur in some way and it's your benefit it's your company it's your way to want to see it it's the way you want to be so if you want, like me, I want to be in five years retired for accounting and doing full-time writing and doing courses, helping other writers and probably helping writers in French, which we don't have any market for that yet. Uh, that is some way I need to do. I need to know the numbers, okay, and try to deal with it. It's not a perfect science, but it's a hint where to hit. 
Yeah. And look, Nadine, I, I fully hear what you're saying. Oh, you had me sitting up in my chair when you put my CEO hat and now I'm climbing under the table because I've been so naughty. Um, and I feel like I've been playing at this everybody now. As you know, I've been working two jobs and I've been getting the podcast up and the books and all sorts of things. But Nadine's absolutely right. Without this information that we can get so very easily, uh, we really are just playing at it, aren't we? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's like crafting writers' numbers doesn't add up at some point. But they want to know, but they are afraid. You don't have to be afraid because that is a tool. The same way that Scrivener is a tool, the same way that Grammarly is a tool, the same way that an editor is a tool for you. So. Yeah. It's only a tool to and help I, you. And I have been avoiding the money situation simply because I don't have any. Uh, Nadine, I hope the next time that you and I talk that I've got better news for you. Uh, you have given me a wake-up call and hopefully everyone out there as well uh, took something from our conversation. But I just want to mention not only is Nadine an accountant, um, I just want to go a little bit more into, it will take me two minutes, her books are beautiful and the Scotland... Scotland something. What's that word? Scotland lovers. Oh, Scotland lovers. How could I miss that word? And it's um, paranormal romance thrillers that send a chill down your spine while you're left thinking um, about what happened. I think it's what the hell happened, but I, I think that's what it is. Um, yeah. Nadine's books are absolutely beautiful and they remind me, who's that big writer, Diana Galbraldon? Galbraldon is it? Uh, Galbraldon. Yeah, that, that your books yeah. remind me very much of of hers. That style of cover. Yeah, I, well, Scotland, Scottish is pretty bare naked chess sometimes, most <laughs> of the time on the cover. Which that's yeah. okay, it's the trend. And she writes uh, time travel as well, um, doesn't yes. she? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Her her. Her uh, Outlander is uh, time travels. That's right. Yep, I remember that now. Look, Nadine, thank you very much. It was Nadine's first time on a podcast, everybody, and I think she's done absolutely beautifully. Uh, thank you. I'll put all the links to Na uh, Nadine's website up. Uh, she is making an online course, and when that becomes available, I'll certainly put that up as well so that we can, people like me and you can take advantage of that. Uh, thank you for being on Rudder on the Road, Nadine Travers. Thank you, Melinda, to give me the time to interview me. That was pretty fun to do. <laughs> <laughs>